Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You look at it. Look at it. it. Oh, yeah. This is radio. You listen to it on Sports Talk 790. Astros broadcaster Jeff Blom on 790 is brought to you by Low T Center. Fresh off calling another division championship. And don't worry, he's got some work to do here in the postseason, starting with us, but also on a brand new network. It is Jeff Blom. Signage is up. Yeah, that's right. It's official because it's in the stadium out here. Space City Home Network. If you look just to the left of the home run pump. Or underneath their booth. Or underneath their Well, I can't see that because of where we're sitting. Uh, Blummer's on the phone, but he will be in the building over the next couple of days. The building has the uh, convertible top down, by the way, right now, in case you're wondering, Blummer. The, uh, the sun shining on the field, not like it was yesterday. And uh, we're going to be playing very important baseball a little over 24 hours from right now inside this building. Uh, how are you feeling heading into the postseason? Um, I'm actually feeling pretty good about it. I know that it's kind of interesting that, you know, we were all, all the scenarios that were playing out and the talk about who the Astros wanted to play or would have the opportunity to play. And, you know, a lot of pundits, including us, were kind of saying, well, I think we could, you know, take a shot at the Minnesota Twins. But the Minnesota Twins pretty much uh, dispatched the Jays in pretty dramatic fashion, so it was kind of interesting to see them sweep. And at the same time, the record on the season doesn't favor the Astros, but you just assume that a team playing in that in the weakest division in the American League would be one of those better teams to match up against, and here we get to try and prove it. Yeah, and we've talked about that extensively uh, yesterday, the fact that you know that, that's well, the first series at least for, for sure was like the second week of the season. And Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve didn't take part in a large part of these games, if any of them. So um, I, I don't know. There's so many scenarios regarding the Houston Astros in the 2023 campaign that you simply not only want to be different in the postseason, but if you want them to go all the way or have a, a long run, they're going to have to be different. They're going to have to change from what happened in the regular season. Yeah, I think what's interesting about that, just kind of looking at the numbers and, and you know, talking to different people and trying to understand how this season unfolded. And like you said, there were plenty of uh, plenty of disappointments as far as uh, injuries, getting guys back, and how some of those games played out. But they really haven't been fully healthy until they've gotten to the postseason, which I think is kind of interesting because just for me calling their games, you know, about 150 of them and watching the other 12 is that, We've seen flashes of good starting pitching. We've seen good bullpen work throughout the course of the season, a couple of hiccups here and there. And then, you know, watching the offense down the stretch, I think it's kind of encouraging to see Brantley healthy, Alvarez. All of a sudden, Dusty has a plethora of opportunities to get guys in there to create good offense. And in September, averaging over five and a half runs per game is outstanding. Obviously, that might change a little bit when you face better pitching in the playoffs. But for the most part, I think that the the rotation is rounding out okay with uh, you know Fromber and JV looking like they normally do heading into these postseason games. 
The only question mark might be a little bit on defense and base running for me in this matchup. Well, defense. It's interesting you mentioned that since we just got to watch one of the best all-time defensive players, and I do believe that, Carlos Correa, impact the series that his twins just won a series. They hadn't won in the postseason for 20 years with his glove. Uh, Hadn't had an awesome offensive season, but then he also did drive in the game-winning run, which he's now done 11 times in postseason history, which puts him at the top of the all-time list. This uh, three-to-five game series we're about to witness will include one, five, Ten of the all-time greatest postseason performers ever. I think you can argue that. I think the numbers, you know, bear that out too. I mean, the the amount of time that they have spent playing in the postseason and the amount of time they've been able to gather uh, the numbers that they need to be in the, in the top five of some of these lists all time in the postseason is remarkable. And it's still it's crazy to me to watch some of these postseason games and realize not just the Astros being in the postseason, but how many ex-Astros who have moved on are continuing to go out there and try in these winning ways with other teams. And I think that's something to be said for the pedigree that has been developed here with the Astros starting back in 2015. It's unbelievable going into the uh, clubhouse yet again today and you know, talking about Alex Bregman, and they've been here so many times, and yet uh, the excitement, this is when Alex Bregman could be 27, could be 35, could be 40, and he'll still have that same, I'm a little kid and I can't be more excited for what's in front of us we get to play postseason baseball. And I think that seems to me, if you agree, that's why this team tends to be able to bring it at this time of year every year because they treat it like such a treat to be a part of the postseason every year, no matter how much success they've had in the past. No, I I think you could actually talk to anybody who's ever played in the major leagues. You know, depending on their varying degrees of regular season success, you're going to have guys who have phenomenal all-star MVP seasons throughout the course of their career eventually get to the Hall of Fame. And you could probably interview guys in the Hall of Fame who never got the chance to play in postseason baseball, let alone a World Series. And that's what these guys understand. They understand how precious these moments are, even though they've been to seven, seven straight Seasons. I think that's what's remarkable about these guys because you create, you know, you, you quote-unquote create your brand maybe during the regular season on who you are, what type of ball player you are. Do you show up every day? Do you make the big plays when it counts? And then you get to the postseason, and that's where you start to create legacy, and that's where you start to create some of that, that next-level status when somebody says, hey, did you play in the major leagues? You're like, yeah, did you play in the postseason? And then all of a sudden, these guys, like we just previously talked about, they can go to a record book and say that they're in the top five all time as far as games played and numbers they put up. And that's where you really start to stretch out your career from being great to phenomenal. You know, and, and we've had greatness here in Houston, at least of the regular season variety. And I'm not taking any shots at anybody because I know that's how that's going to sound. But the guys you played with, you know, the two in specific that Astros fans would think of and really baseball fans would think of, Bagwell and Biggio, as great as they were, they didn't put up these kinds of numbers in the postseason. And it's it's telling that the Astros sat here in Houston waiting around on who was going to come to town to play them here in the divisional series. And they were going to be playing either Carlos Correa or George Springer. And that I'm, I'm texting with a buddy of mine right now that's a Rangers fan, talking about how the, the legends are everywhere now. They've spread to the wind. You know, in addition to the Astros still being contenders, there are great players that help the Astros become what they've become that are now coming home or back to Houston, I guess, in this case, to face off against them in a postseason series. And that's just wild to me because that was never the case before this run. 
No, yeah, you're relying on some of those guys to stick around for a while and build around them and just start scattering pieces across the rosters to try and enhance some of those veterans that you've held on to for a while. And it just wasn't enough in the past. But now you've seen, you know, a, an incredible draft class, <clears throat> excuse me, draft classes graduate and develop into perennial all-stars and postseason contributors. And you've also seen a front office over the last couple of years really make some tough choices, Carlos Correa being one of them. And it led to Jeremy Pena becoming the ALCS and World Series MVP. So, you know, it's kind of a combination of finding the right talent, developing the right talent, and making some tough choices when you've had to, to be able to maintain this winning window that we're in. And it is remarkable to see how many guys are scattered throughout not just the big leagues, but how many guys are scattered throughout playoff caliber teams, and why wouldn't that happen? If you're on an opposing, if you're in an opposing organization, you're going to look around and see how do I make my team better? How do I bring in some of this experience? How do I bring in some of the pedigree? And the Astros, if they're willing to let some of these guys go as free agents, why wouldn't you bring them over? And it's proven to be successful. There's nine players that have hit six or more postseason home runs for the Astros. All of them are were in this postseason, except for the HCU baseball coach and the recently seen in the Frontline documentary, Carlos Beltran and Lance Bergman. Jordan Alvarez, Yuli Gurriel, who was previously in this postseason, uh, Correa Springer, Bregman, uh, Tucker, and of course at the top of the heap, Jose Altuve, who hit zero postseason home runs last year and is still just four four baggers shy of the all-time mark with 23 uh, is he a tone setter simply because if they can manage to get out of any number one without any runs on the board he gets to bat first and how important do you think it is for justin verlander to simply throw a shutout inning saturday afternoon between 307 and 308 or 345 and yeah, you know what i would actually put a little more I would actually put a little more emphasis on JV going in out and throwing a shutout inning just so you can allow the opportunity for the Astros to go out there and set that tone a little bit earlier. Um, just in the sense that if you look at the team record, when they score first, they're 20 games over 500. If they don't score first, they're 20 games under 500. But the combination of having Justin Verlander throw a shutout first inning and having a guy like Altuve leading off kind of puts things in your favor with the ability to just go out there and score early. And it's kind of interesting, you know, if you had to ask fans, would you would you have Jose Altuve not hit any home runs in the postseason and win a World Series, or would you rather have him hit home runs and maybe see what happens later on? It's kind of a tough question, but I think that uh, Jose Altuve is kind of chomping at the bit because I think, you know, when we're talking about legacy, I think every opportunity that Jose Altuve has to go out there and continue to prove how great he is on a yearly basis and in big moments, he takes advantage of it. But uh, I think that he's healthy. He's finishing the season swinging the bat well. And I think he does understand how important he is to the top end of this lineup to get things going. And he knows how important it is, too, to get a good, quick start against a team like the Minnesota Twins, fresh off a sweep of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Talking to Jeff Blum here on Sports Talk 794. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
weekly visit with us in anticipation of Game 1 of the ALDS tomorrow afternoon here inside Minute Maid Park. And I'm glad Blummer brought up health because it's one of the things we'll touch on when we get back. One guy specifically, he gave himself a clean bill of health today. I think you guys might know who I'm talking about. We'll get to that and a whole lot more as we continue here with Blummer on a Friday edition of the A-Team in October here on Sports Talk 790. Primeway Federal Credit Union wants you to know that regardless of what month it is on the calendar, they've got you covered because debt doesn't care what time it is of the year, especially if you're like heading into the holidays. Maybe you got debt accrued from last holiday season and you're still paying it off. I hope that's not the case, but you know, I'm not judging if it is because sometimes that happens. And you can get a debt consolidation loan from Primeway Federal Credit Union and take a break from those high interest rate credit cards and just get yourself into a better frame of mind. Because as we all know, what comes with debt is debt stress. And sometimes that stress can be even worse than the debt itself because it can cause you to be well, just not yourself from a mood standpoint. If you're on edge all the time, you can't be yourself. So consolidate that debt. Get it behind you and see yourself to an area of your life where you can be debt-free eventually with Primeway Federal Credit Union. They've got uh, consolidation loans with low introductory rates, and you'll be able to see that future where you're debt-free and eliminate the stress that we're talking about. Lock in your rate today. Visit their website and get on the road to being debt-free with PrimewayFCU.com. That's the website, PrimewayFCU.com. Hey, it's the Trillo G Bun B. The A Team continues with Clanton, Blummer, and an ass on Sports Talk 790. You know, I'm pretty sure all three of them are asses, though. <laughs> You're home for the Astros. Sports Talk 790, Wex and AC, the A-Team bringing you live, exclusive coverage of the Minnesota Twins bouncing on their heels in the outfield as they get ready to take They're the lifting their arms, too. They are getting ready. credit. To get ready for tomorrow's game. They have the second session. Astros already had their workout on the field, a little BP, a lot of fielding work, and preparation for tomorrow's game when they will be facing Bailey Ober. Uh, somewhat expected game one starter after they used uh, their top two starters on Tuesday and Wednesday to dispatch of the Blue Jays. Jeff Blum here with us for his weekly visit here on Friday. And uh, Rocco Baldelli was talking about the decision to pitch over in game one. He also did acknowledge who his game two and three starters will be. And uh, they'll have the chance to play the first five games of their postseason and use their top two starters twice each. Pablo Lopez will pitch here on Sunday in game two when we get to Minnesota for Tuesday's game. He'll hand the ball to Sonny Gray. Those are the two pitchers that gave up one combined run uh, to the Blue Jays in their sweep of the wild card series. But, uh, Jeff, he did note that the Astros hadn't seen Bailey in a bit and Justin Verlander also noted he didn't face the Twins in a bit. And when Justin mentioned it, he said, I don't know who that's an advantage for, for me or for them. Uh, what's your thought on the, the timing in between when you might have last seen uh, the guy that starts off a series with so much importance on it in just a best of five? Um, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting. I think everybody kind of gets that adrenaline push in the playoffs a little bit. So, I mean, you may be watching a lot of video, and I think that's kind of the equalizer these days is the fact that you can you can go to video and you can go to some of the uh, 
some of the numbers and find tendencies or find matchups that are similar to yours and see how they kind of played out a little bit and obviously go back and watch previous at-bats. But at the same time, you've got to study who these guys are. And, you know, the fact they haven't faced Bailey Ober in a couple of years, uh, they may have to go back and see if any of his numbers have changed or shape has changed on any of his pitches in comparison to what they remember. Uh, then you got to watch those at-bats that you had from before and maybe try and see if you see anything in the sequencing that tells you what he's going to try and do to you this time around. And again, you've got to be able to be patient enough to see how, how the opposing pitcher in Bailey Ober reacts to the environment here at Minute Maid Park. How does his ball come out of his hand? Are you seeing it? And is he a little flustered by the, by the angst that this, this crowd can create a little bit? And at the same time, you know, I think it's interesting, too, because Minnesota Twins, if you haven't faced uh, Justin Verlander in the last year or so, you might see a little bit different Justin Verlander. We've kind of seen him evolve into a, you know, a high spin and late velocity in the count type guy. But, uh, you know, all of those things, you can study all you want. You can do all the homework you want. But until you step in that box and figure out how to control your own heartbeat, it's up in the air. Well, and, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because... Even though the Carlos Correa's of the world are on this roster, the experience factor, and I keep hearing this and seeing this written about the Astros in so many different ways, they have so many guys that can control that heartbeat or at least have experience attempting to control that heartbeat a lot better or a lot more than, I mean, a majority of the field that's in the postseason. Um, how much do you really think that comes into play, though, as a guy that was in those situations? Oh, I think it comes. In, I kind of think it comes into a play a lot. You know, the, talking about the Twins, you know, they haven't been in the division series. I think since two thousand two or two thousand four. So that, I mean, that's a, <laughs> there's nobody that remembers that on this roster. There may not be people in the front office that remember the last time they were in a division series. And then you start to talk about how many games uh, or how many playoff wins they've actually had going back to two thousand three. They've only had four playoff wins in that same amount of time. If you go back to the Astros, they've accumulated 69 wins. And I also want to talk to the fact that, you know, they finally broke that streak of 18 losses in uh, postseason play for the Minnesota Twins with this sweep at home. Uh, so they haven't played a game on the road of any consequence in a very long time. And I'm kind of curious to see how they do react because uh, you guys have heard it talking to pundits around the country. You've talked to people on other teams and they say that this atmosphere with the roof closed like it's going to be tomorrow at Minute Maid Park is going to be vastly different than anything they've probably ever faced. And, you know, you go back to those 0304 teams for the Minnesota Twins, they actually used the Metrodome to their advantage for some of the noise they were able to create. But uh, the Astros have been here, done that, and I think there is something to be said for that when you do step into the ballpark. The only pressure they're going to feel is the expectation of being in the playoffs for their seventh straight year and trying to get to their seventh straight ALCS. What kind of comparisons, if any, can you draw to uh, the matchup last year? Uh, kind of similar circumstances. Seattle dispatched of the Blue Jays in uh, two games and had not had postseason success in a long, long time because they obviously hadn't been to the postseason in a long, long time. And then they advanced to face the Astros and had to play that game one here in uh, best of five. Ended up being a three-game sweep. Uh, this Minnesota Twins team uh, won their two games against a similar Blue Jays team and now has to come here. Uh, it felt like Seattle, who was who knew they were going to get that first home game, uh, I don't know where their focus was. Uh, I'm not sure if they felt like, okay, we, we've won a series everything is gravy is that even possible that would ever seep into a clubhouse uh similarly maybe this year uh for the twins who obviously they haven't done what they've already accomplished in forever 
Yeah, you want to come in with a little bit of swag and a little bit of confidence, but at the same time, if they are going back and watching video, and obviously everybody knows the history of the Astros and the playoffs, uh, both good and bad, but most recent history tells you that you can't walk into Minute Maid Park and assume victory, even if you have a two-run lead, a three-run lead, because there's going to be this relentless dogfight in the Houston Astros. They're going to continue to put together great at-bats. And again, this roster is healthy. Dusty has weapons. He's going to put the best starting lineup he feels that can go out there, but he's also going to have guys on that bench potentially that can walk up there in key situations and force you to throw better pitches than maybe you have done all year long. And I really do believe, you know, Rocco's, Rocco is, I think Rocco is a very good manager. I think he's a very good manager of, of personalities and, and how these guys go out and play. And he's going to remind them maybe, maybe a little more subtly than just showing them a video of, uh, Jordan Alvarez just blasting the doors off Robbie Ray to win that game one, but he's definitely going to remind them when they're in those situations and they feel like they have a lead that they can't take their pedal off that gas pedal and they got to continue to push because there's at any single moment anybody in that roster, anybody on that lineup for the Astros can pop you and put together a great at bat. So uh, I hope they do have the confidence of sweeping the Blue Jays, but at the same time, you're facing the defending champs and that deserves a great, great deal of respect. Got any uh, Rocco Baldelli uh, intel, considering you are former teammates? Um, I have nothing but great things to, to say about Rocco Baldelli. I thought he was one of those phenomenal talents when I played with him. Probably one of the better things that happened to me when I was in Tampa Bay was actually playing alongside Rocco Baldelli and a couple other guys. But, uh, you know, watching him play, he was a five-tool player, played a great center field, had a vast knowledge of the game, had that uh, – you know, had that savvy uh, when he was on the field, could anticipate things a little bit. And it wasn't until about halfway through that season that you started to hear people talk about Rocco Baldelli in the same sentence as the Joe DiMaggio. And that's where you were kind of like, wow, you know, this guy could be that next guy. But unfortunately, some health issues kind of stunted his career a little bit. But I'm actually grateful that he's still in the game because you get to see some of that calm, uh, calm perseverance in, in Rocco Baldelli. And I think Minnesota is a great fit for him because – he came from a small market team where he was developed as a player, and now he's coaching a small market team that's finding a way to win. And there's something to be said for those guys that kind of feel like the underdog and know that they have to overachieve a little bit, and I think he's instilled that in the Minnesota Twins. Did Rocco enjoy playing for Lou Pinella as much as you? <laughs> I tell you what, Rocco was so talented, he could give two craps who he was playing for. Fortunately, he didn't care. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we got that covered. Hey, Rocco, it's great to see you here in the postseason. Would you pretty much say everything you know about managing your... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
learn from Lou? How do you think he'd respond to that? Oh, dear God. And I, I hope he says no. If he says yes, then I'm going to call him out. He's just being nice. She's called being polite. <laughs> Is what that is. Uh, so you mentioned health in the last segment, and just real quick before we break one more time, um, Michael Brantley proclaimed himself 100% available earlier today, and my co-host here has all but guaranteed he's going to appear in the starting lineup, in his opinion, at least one of these first two home games. Uh, your thoughts on, on the availability and how Michael Brantley might be used in this opening series? Uh, you know, it'll be interesting, and uh, it, because just in the sense, let's just take game by game. If you go game one, Justin Verlander likes having Mauricio Dubon in center field, and then you have uh, the opportunity to start either Jordan Alvarez in left field or Michael Brantley, and it's kind of interesting because uh, you know Michael Brantley declares himself 100% healthy, and obviously he's going to go, you know, he's going to go as hard as he possibly can for as long as he can. And if that means DH, he's going to do it. If that means playing left field, he's going to do it. And you also, you know, if you have a Jordan Alvarez in left field, can you DH a Geiner Diaz? So there, there are some interesting matchup situations, but usually we see the Duvon in center field, Chaz McCormick in left field, and that's where you kind of have that dilemma. Which guy do you want to have in that situation? A lot of it's going to depend on matchups, both with the starter, and then you got to figure out some of those pockets later in the game where you're going to find matchups does Michael Brantley match up better with a, a, a certain reliever late in the game if you need him from behind or ahead? Do, does Yiner Diaz match up better in that sense? So that's where I think you're going to kind of find that dilemma for uh, Dusty Baker. But, uh, I mean, by all intents and purposes and what we've seen in the past, it's going to be Dubon in uh, center field, McCormick in left, uh, Jordan DHing, and then you've got the option of Yiner Diaz and Michael Brantley late in games, and that's not a bad little one-two punch. We're getting those six, seven, eight, ninth innings if you need them. There will be potent weapons on Dusty's bench uh, throughout this postseason, uh, pretty much regardless, uh, depending on how he decides to put it out there. Both of us were out here yesterday when Michael Brantley took his normal uh, BP routine. Uh, Dusty had said he wouldn't, he wasn't sure about his availability because he hadn't talked to him, the usual stuff. Then he took a live BP, and I proclaimed him healthy. I was there today when uh, AC mentioned it. he talked to the media, Brantley did, and said, I'm 100% available, zero limitation. So uh, he almost said it defiantly, but the five days in between games, undoubtedly, as he acknowledged, uh, certainly helps that cause. We'll pick up from there. Uh, we know it's a uh, comeback game. Back to Houston for Carlos Correa. I can inform the fans, since we're live out here at Minute Maid Park, that is lefty Dallas Keuchel playing football on the field with his Minnesota Twins teammates. I don't think he'll be a participant in this series, but he is a part of the Twins and could be at any point uh, this postseason. Neither team has released their ALDS roster. They don't have to do that until Saturday. We'll continue our conversation with Jeff Blum here on the A-Team as we continue. But I'm going to tell you about UVC Power Sports Tractors and Outdoors. It's your one-stop shop for all of your outdoor equipment needs. We're just there uh, within the last couple of weeks. And navigating your way around the place is actually easy. But you wouldn't think so with all the equipment they have out there in the front parking lot. And then in the side parking lot, uh, then in the back parking lot, and also in the uh, right side of the facility, that parking lot too, full of outdoor equipment, not to mention the test track that's right behind the facility there in Alvin, Texas, where you can take them for a spin. You can test drive those vehicles, the mowers, and whatever other outdoor equipment, Kawasaki mules, the side-by-sides, UTVs and ATVs, and say, yes, this one is 
for me, and they'll make it all happen. They'll even throw it on a trailer for you because they have them from Aluma and Big Tex, uh, Bad Boy Mowers and Power Equipment, uh, Woods and Massey Ferguson, and, of course, the Kawasaki side-by-sides. UVCOneStop.com is where you find them online because it truly is your one-stop destination for all of your outdoor equipment needs. Go see the owners, Scott and Shannon Tracy, just wonderful, wonderful people to help you out when you're ready for some more of your outdoor equipment needs. Visit them online, uvcone-stop.com, or head on over to UV Power Sports, Tractors and Outdoors, right there in Allen. Tell them the A-Team sent you out. Cannonball! Weekends are better with Astros Baseball. Just tell your smart device. Alexa, play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. Sunny Minute Maid Park. Our home for the show here today as they truly are prepping for the postseason. Paint's going down on the field for the 2023 postseason logo and sponsor. They've uh, finished the work and protected it with a yellow rope. Darn media can't stay away from it. Well, I wouldn't step, stop uh, Pat Mahomes' little brother from dancing on it if he wanted to. In front of the Twins dugout, it's good to go. Now doing their work on the Astros side of things. We were here yesterday, Sands postseason bunting but it is in place today around uh, just below the club level and they're ready for postseason baseball yet again it is a staple of the october schedule here in houston for the astros uh, space city home network tv analyst for astros baseball <laughs> jeff blum joining us here on sports talk 790 carlos correa has already hit the podium as uh, talked about uh, coming back here to houston in fact when we were talking to justin verlander uh, a little after one o'clock he stopped by the media room, the press conference room, looked through that press conference door window, had a smile. I thought he was going to come in, but he did not. That would have been awesome. It would have been, and uh, he was not waiting for Justin outside the door when he wrapped up. But he obviously got a few questions about coming back. He's already played here before. I think the fans and the team uh, celebrated that as they should during a regular season meeting, and I don't expect much more of that uh, when he steps to the plate or does something out here. But... Uh, what do you think about the he knows us, we know him aspect of how the Astros like to do things, how a game plan might be put in place uh, against the Twins hitters that he might have some uh, useful information for his teammates uh, because he's aware of how the Astros uh, think in that regard? Um, I think there's always a little bit of familiarity there, but at the same time, you know, everybody being aware of that, they're going to be able to adjust quickly. I think you have that original game plan that you go out there with or maybe some of the tendencies that you picked up on while you're playing with some of these guys. And uh, you know, knowing that, I think that uh, some of these Astro players might be able to adjust off that quickly. But if Carlos has been watching close enough or as close as we think he was, uh, you know, he's going to have an idea of how he's seen some of these hitters attack. But at the same time, he recognizes how quickly the Astro hitters can adapt. I mean, he's got a good handle on, on the abilities of Jose Altuve. He's got a good handle on the the abilities of Alex Bregman and maybe some of the tendencies of uh, you know of Justin Verlander or of Framber Valdez, but at the same time, I mean everybody you know that's one of those foregone conclusions that everybody knows something about everybody, and how can we kind of start to pick at their weaknesses a little bit because they're a couple years older, they've adapted their game to how they're currently feeling and things like that. So. Uh, still a lot of things go into that picture, but at the same time, it does become a little bit of a cat and mouse, I think, the first maybe game or two when you when you realize that you do have that intimate knowledge of each other, but you're, you're ready to adapt off that and adjust accordingly. You don't have to chime in on this, 
But I've seen a bunch of, like, a, more than a smattering on social media of, well, is Carlos going to get a standing ovation in his first at-bat in this playoff game? I just want those people to know, just, this is coming from me, Adam Clanton, that he wants to cut your heart out now. Okay, so if you want to give him a standing ovation, he's trying to kill you. So if you want to give that guy a standing ovation, I mean, Astros fans should know better than anyone the killer instinct that he had in the postseason. That's going against you now. So, I mean, feel free if you want, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd go as far as a standing ovation. I mean, I'd give you that courtesy golf clap. You know, it's, but he's a couple, <laughs> a couple of years removed, and the Astros have a ring without him. You know, so how about pay a little bit of respect? Maybe give that golf clap to Carlos Correa, and then when Jeremy Pena comes up, then get off your ass and go up there and give them a give him a nice standing ovation. That might and be I one way. Carlos. Yeah, I think that's the general sentiment. Should be, I think, how we feel the general sentiment uh, this far removed, the fact that he's been here before, what is on the line uh, in this game today. Jeff, if you'll listen in as well as our listeners, Carlos Correa uh, was asked a little bit about the, the change in, you know, from 2020 to, or 21 to where we are now. Last year, he was talking to Jeremy Pena in the postseason uh, because he was on TV and not in the postseason, and how things went then, how he feels about those guys versus how he feels about the next week three to five games against the Astros. Here's what Correa said about that earlier this afternoon. We are holding. Coming to you in three, two, never. I, I, I feel proud of the accomplishments uh, of Peña, obviously, you know, coming of the first season, you know, winning the gold glove and then going off and in the playoffs and having two great series, that was awesome. But I was also happy for Maldonado winning his first championship. He's a great friend of mine. And then Altuve, you know, uh, being able to go out there and win another championship after everything he's been through. Um, and all the guys on the team that, you know, I pretty much grew up with throughout the whole minor league system and, and during my big league career there. So, yeah, I feel, I feel very happy for them. Um, they had their fun now, so hopefully now it's our time. That's just simply put from his end exactly what you said, AC. They had their fun. Now it's our time. He said it in the nicest but way possible. Give him a standing ovation, by all means. It isn't happening, so don't worry about it. Relax. I'm worried about R -E -L -A -X. it. R-E-L. I'm worried about it, and both of you should be, too. All right, Jeff, how about this? Uh, 13th Game 1 postseason start for JV coming up uh, tomorrow. And he's coming off of uh, the last game you called, obviously. He had his best velocity of the season. Was it a little bit of getting a later start in the year? Maybe he's fresher. Was he holding anything back that he's now able to reach back for? Uh, he certainly looks the part of the guy you're happy to give the ball to. Yeah, I, I agree with you in the sense. And I, I do think that you need to take into account the fact that he had the month of April off starting the season in May, just in the sense that if you go back and look at the history of Justin Verlander, even if, if you just look at the history of the Astros uniform, because his September's have always been his strongest month. You know, he, he, he's a guy that gets better with the more innings he pitches, and now he's just kind of catching his stride a little bit. And I think we saw evidence of that the last two starts against Seattle and Arizona, the fact that he's kind of getting into that 30-start 30, 30 plateau where he really starts to get that feeling, starts to get that delivery, starts to get that strength. And I agree with you in the sense that the velocity jump a little bit is kind of a turn-on for me. Because he's, he's adapted to throwing the off-speed early on and then reaching back when he needs that fastball every once in a while. 
Uh, he's been predominantly in his career a guy that will challenge you with the fastball, but I think that's changing a little bit. And I think it's just an understanding of how his stuff works or how hitters are approaching him. So when that slider curveball is working well, he sees a lot of success with that fastball. Instead of pitching off the fastball, uh, last couple of starts it felt like he, he kind of pitched off the off speed and used that fastball effectively. But uh, I think it's kind of exciting to see that he is getting a little bit stronger here. And maybe that month of October where he struggled a little bit, you know, specifically in the World Series, not necessarily in the previous rounds, but maybe his October is now his September. Wouldn't that be a pleasurable thing to watch? I would certainly say pleasurable would be a great thing to enjoy here at the ballpark on uh, Saturday. Maybe a little Sunday, too. Then maybe from uh, Minnesota on uh, on Tuesday. And then go ahead and move on just like they did last year. The Astros will be putting on uh, putting a 10-game American League postseason winning streak on the line when they play here on Saturday afternoon. Another segment with Jeff Blum still to come here on the A-Team Live from Minute Maid Park. Hey, it's the Trillo G. Bun B. The A-Team continues with Clanton, Blummer, and an ass on Sports Talk 790. You know, I'm pretty sure all three of them are asses, though. Right again, Bun B. All three of us. Big old whatever you just said we are. Correct. Live from Minute Maid Park, the A-Team. Adam Clanton, Adam Wexler, and of course, our guest here on Friday afternoons, Jeff Blum from uh, Space City Home Network. Uh, before we run out of time tomorrow and every game thereafter in the postseason, the Space City Home, Home Network with you will be providing postgame coverage. Uh, what do you have in store? Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Home games, you're going to see you know a little uh, a little tear you know a little raindrop of TK and uh, Blummer. We're just going to do a quick post game hit because I think uh, Eschenfelder and Bogey are going to be out of the studio for home games, so you only get maybe about you know two to three minutes of us uh, during home games. But the two road games that or potential road games, at least that first one on Tuesday, we will be doing a full post game myself and Todd Callis. And I think that's going to be the run of show the rest of the playoffs as long as the Astros are playing. We're going to do uh, post games at home out of the studio. And uh, then on the road, TK and I will take over when the team's on the road doing post game shows after every single Astros game that they play this postseason. It only took them about, what, seven years to figure this thing out, man. Oh, time is a funny thing. It's good to have that around. Obviously, we'll be handling post-game coverage here from on-site at the ballpark uh, or Target Field all the way throughout the postseason as well as your home for Astros baseball here on Sports Talk 790. And since we're on it, I'll, of course, plug myself into the conversation. Happy to be back filling in on the Space City Home Network from time to time coming up during uh, Rockets basketball season as Everything is going on here in Houston over the next couple of weeks. The Astros season continues. Rockets' first preseason game is four days away. And uh, all of it uh, coming to you on the uh, Space City Home Network. Uh, As they get set for this series, we know who's going in game one and game two. Do you have any questions and decisions that you think the Astros have a difficulty making? A game three, game four starter, uh, a last spot on the roster, a, a 13th or 12th pitcher? What are your thoughts on some of those things as they uh, get it all set, uh, the roster at least, tomorrow? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting. And I think the reason it's going to be interesting is how the season kind of ended for J.P. France and for Jose Urquidy. Uh, one of them was unable to make their start and the fill-in and Jose Urquidy went out and pitched his brains out and maybe maybe changed some minds in as far as how he's going to be affected by being on this roster and maybe got himself onto that roster. Because, you know, in these shortened division series where you only have to win three out of five, uh, you can compress your rotation a little bit and use it a little more effectively and maybe bolster that bullpen by moving, you know, some of those guys that have been in the rotation into the bullpen a la J.P. France or a Hunter Brown. And I think Hunter Brown is probably one of the more interesting arms just because he is such a high-velocity power arm that they could use out of that bullpen, and he's stretched out. So you could back him up in a game three, whereas let's just say if it's it's a – or game four, if you have to go to a game four, you get a a start by Jose Ortiz who gives you a good four-inning strong and you need a couple of of, – uh, five and six inning, you know, the fifth and sixth inning to cover, and Hunter Brown's that guy, and then you hand it off to the back end of the bullpen that's been so dominant throughout the course of the season. Um, but, you know, I think game three still for me is going to be Christian Javier because he's finished a little bit stronger, and he looks effective when he's in the zone. The slider had good shape to it last time he was out. The breaking ball looked great, and you're starting to see some of that late life. So I think Christian Javier – uh, is another one of those guys you'll see in game five, maybe, or game three going five innings and then trying to figure out a bridge to get to the back end of the bullpen. But there's going to be plenty of options in the shortened series for Josh Miller and Dusty Baker. And um, considering the arms we have out there, I'm pretty comfortable with how they're going to be able to manipulate that rotation after you get past Stromber and JV. Yeah, you kind of answered my question to an extent, and that's I'll, I'll ask you the same thing I asked Chandler Rome yesterday. You know, is, is Christian Javier back? Because we kind of talked about this, I think, a few weeks back. You know, I need to see more than one, cons- you know, mm-hmm. consecutive starts. I guess is the best way to put it uh, to see if I really am comfortable with him. But I, I'll tell you right now, like if it's if it's Verlander, Fromber, and then you go to Game Three and Christian Javier starting up there on the road, especially. I don't know for whatever reason he's just like everyone else on this team plays better on the road, especially this year. Um, you know his his no hitters came on the road, both of them last year. He was the guy that was you know pitching six or seven innings of a no hit game in Yankee Stadium and in the World Series at Philadelphia. Who everybody keeps talking about what a horrible place that is to play. The Astros don't care. So uh, I, I just I I would. Assume you would say he's he's back as back as he can be. Yeah, and I think you do have to take some of that stuff into account, like you're talking about last year. Just in the sense that he's got uh, he's got the experience, he knows what it takes. He's getting some extra time off in between his last start and what could be that game three start. So he should be plenty healthy and have plenty of time to work out whatever kinks he had. Because like I said, the last time out, he was really attacking the strike zone. And that's the biggest thing for me with uh, Christian Javier is throwing competitive pitches outside the zone. Sometimes we see him lose command and lose that release point. He starts to miss by a good, you know, 6 to 12 inches out of the zone. And if I'm a hitter and I can recognize that early, I'm not even going to offer. So it makes that at bat just a little more comfortable for me because when I see the ball in the zone, I'm going to see it that much better. But if you're around those edges – and I've got to question what swing decision I'm going to make. That's what makes Christian Javier tough. And then you add on top of that, that late life on the fastball, a little bit better shape on that slider and curveball. In the last couple of starts that we saw, that's what kind of encourages me. But I'm with you in the sense that you can't discount what he's done in the past because you put him in leverage situations last year, and he stepped up. Who's to say he won't do it again because he's already got the experience of doing that? 
Astros going to win at home? Yeah, I think I think they're going to flip the script. You know, I got this weird feeling, and I have no idea why I feel this way. I just think that um, this is one of those seasons, like we saw in 2020, where the Astros, you know, obviously they're the, they're the division winner, but at the same time, they didn't do it in you know this overwhelming fashion that they've done in the past. But right. I do feel like they're going to figure out at home. I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think the regular season is going to have that much of an impact. I think these guys are going to go out with a little more urgency here in game one, game two, and uh, just re-solidify their dominance in the American League because that was the one thing I kept hearing leading up in the last couple of months, leading up to the postseason was, man, if the Astros don't make the postseason, we'll all be so happy about it. The other thing they said was, if they do make it to the postseason, oh, man, it's those guys again. And I think they love being those guys again. Yet another new opponent for a DS for the Astros. They'll face the Twins starting tomorrow. Game one of the best of five. Of course, we've got it for you right here on Sports Talk uh, 790. Always appreciate the Friday visits, Jeff, and, of course, appreciate those who make it all possible. Yeah, with so many things changing, there's always one constant, and it's the Astros in the playoffs, and it's me talking about Low T Center. So go to LowTCenter.com, fellas. Check them out. Everything they do is to make you uh, perform at peak performance, whether it be on the field or off the field. And, uh, you know, 15 minutes, you're going to get your blood drawn. They're going to figure out your levels right there on site. They're going to get the information back to you and put together a game plan that's going to make you better. So lowtcenter.com is where you can go. They're all over Greater Houston. And, of course, they take most major insurance. And I enjoy going. We enjoy having you, and we're going to have you again Next week, I'm calling it right now, uh, Blummer with us. He of the Space City Home Network. And uh, look out for his coverage over the postseason uh, as the Astros try to defend their crown. Jeff, good stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. We appreciate it. Good to be on with you guys. And later tonight, I will be seeing red. Oh, I, can't, I cannot wait, my friend. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.